You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at SBTSongs or check us out at ChrisBlair.com. What's up, everybody? This is Chris Blair, and I am so excited for this episode because today marks one year of Stories Behind the Songs podcast. We have loved getting to sit down with so many incredible songwriters, artists, and industry icons, and I can't wait to see what this next year holds. 52 weeks. 52 weeks, y'all. It's a full year and episodes out every Tuesday, and it's because of you. It's because of all the listeners out there who have supported us and shared this podcast with your friends. So continue to do so. We appreciate you so much. Today, to help celebrate our one-year anniversary, we've got the amazing Hannah Ellis with us. I've known Hannah for a long time now. She's an amazing singer-songwriter, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story. Hannah started songwriting after she listened to Taylor Swift. She looked up the song credits, and she learned that Taylor wrote her own music. Inspired to pick up the pen herself, Hannah quickly found out that she had a passion for songwriting and eventually made the move to Nashville from Campbellsville, Kentucky. Hannah's first big cut was Would You Love Me on Russell Dickerson's 2017 record, Yours. Since that cut, Hannah has toured with Carly Pierce, Gavin DeGraw, and Brett Young. She's performed at the Opry eight times and achieved her first top 50 single in 2023 with her own song, Wine Country. That Girl, Hannah's 2024 release through Curb Records, is her first full-length album, and it has already racked up millions of Spotify streams. She talks about how playing at the listening room, which, by the way, she first visited back in her college days. So playing at the listening room has helped her choose the songs for that album, and her hope is that this record, it introduces all of her listeners to the authentic Hannah Ellis, and that they walk away feeling like old friends. It has been such a joy to witness the growth of Hannah's career uh, here at the listening room stage and even more fitting that she is the guest on our one year anniversary. Uh, She just, she's amazing. I can't say enough about her. So if you enjoyed this episode, give us a follow, check out Hannah's socials to see what she's got coming up and stream that girl anywhere you find your music. We also want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Sennheiser, Imperfect Esthetician, and All Clear Inners. If you're looking for a good set of in-ear monitors, make sure you take advantage of our code, SBTSONGS. You get 10% off at checkout. All right, I'm so pumped once again. Welcome Hannah Ellis to the listening room stage on our one-year anniversary. Let's go. All right, here we are back at the listening room with Hannah Ellis. So excited to be here today. I'm so glad to have you. I know. We have been friends for a long time. A long time. uh, You've just, it's been incredible to watch your journey, especially over the last year. It's just so much has happened. It's been amazing. There's so much to dive into. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get into all that, let's go back. Uh, You're from Kentucky. Right. And uh, walk us through how you got into music and how... Uh, what journey it was that led you to Nashville. Right. So, you know, growing up, my parents were both musical. They were singers, did weddings on the weekends. And um, so we kind of grew up singing, my siblings and I. You know, my dad with a big camcorder, like filming us every chance he could yeah. to 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 get us to sing together. So music was always a part of my life coming up. And then, you know, I did all the contests and the singing in church. And um, it wasn't until I was at the end of high school that I realized like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm supposed to be a singer. And this was like around the time that Taylor Swift was like really, really coming into her own. 
And that was when the songwriting thing kind of started too, because I I didn't, I don't know. I don't know where I thought songs came from. I don't know if I thought artists wrote them or what, because you would think if that's what I thought, then I would have started trying to write them. I don't know. But I never really had any kind of special passion for it um, until I kind of started watching Taylor and I was like, oh, wait, she's like writing all these songs herself. And I kind of got into it then and started really diving into the songwriting aspect of it. Um, But then went on to college at the University of Kentucky and then slowly kind of made my way to Nashville from there where, you know, I was doing the back and forth thing where I'd Mm -hmm. do some classes and then a couple days a week I'd be in Nashville. And, you know, I would come to the listening room back when it was in, I'm going to get it wrong. Was it in Cummins Station first? Uh, Franklin. Franklin. Okay. And then Cummins. There you go. So I started, the first time I came to the listening room, it was in Cummins Station. I was still in college. This was probably 2011 or 12. Yep. That'd be about right. Yeah, that was a right around 12 was when we moved to Second Avenue. So, okay, yeah. okay. So it would have yeah. been right before, right before, because it was before I moved here. Yeah. And I would come down and just be like, oh, I want to do this, <laughs> 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 which is just so fun to sit here now and also see how much you guys have grown over the years, you yeah. know? Yeah, we've. I feel like we've kind of, I mean, we've known each other for so long and yeah. we've kind of like grown up together. Absolutely, yeah, you know? like absolutely. It feels yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, well then, so you're, you're making these trips, uh, yeah. and then when, when do you say, okay, this I'm, I'm planting roots. This is, so this is I graduated in three and a half years from college because I was like, Ragger. I gotta get to Nashville. <laughs> I know it does sound that way, doesn't it? But <laughs> I was kidding. like taking winter classes, summer classes. Cause I knew that the goal was to live here and, yeah. and be here, but I wanted to like, kind of, if you will check that box of like college for me, that was important. And so I, I finally finished college and I moved here in February of 2013. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm here. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Have no intentions of leaving now. So yeah. 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 This has become home. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, we can, if we've got time later on, we might be able to dive into this, but also moving here into the apartment that yeah. you moved into right. led to your amazing, awesome husband. Absolutely. So, yes. You know, it's so funny. I, um, I joke that we have a meet cute, right? That's what they call it in <laughs> yeah. the movie business. Um, but yeah, so Nick, my husband, was across the hall. He lived in 109 and I lived in 102. And, you know, when we moved into these apartment buildings, um, it was, we were all first time tenants because it was a brand new building. Yeah. So I feel like we all became friends. And I mean, we all still play shows together and yep. write songs together. It's just really cool. Very like dorm room-esque, yeah. Yeah. you know, kind of energy when we first moved here. We're all like right out of college. Like everyone there was right out of college or didn't go to college, you know. And so it was like early twenty somethings, just figuring it out together. Yep, good times. Oh, yeah. the best, the best. So you're in town, and then you start writing. Uh, walk us through. Let's let, let's let's just start diving into some cuts. So yeah. you got you got a uh, lightning in a bottle. Let's let's walk yes. through Carly Pierce. That's um, right. And if you can take us into the writer's room that day of how the idea came about and the whole story behind that song. So, you know, I have that cut with Carly. It's called Lightning in a Bottle. It's on her Carly Pierce album, the one uh, self-titled album. But I actually wrote that song as a two-way with my friend Anna Voss, another incredible songwriter in Nashville. And she she and I kind of, I had the idea. This is actually one of my favorite stories. It's funny because I get to make fun of Nick for a second. (laughs) I had tossed out the idea to him a couple days prior. I was like, I have this idea. It's called like lightning in a bottle where like 
you caught lightning in a bottle of wine. Do you get it? And he was like, yeah, I just feel like it kind of like that was what I would expect you to say. So it's like not that big of a turn. And I was like, whatever. I think it's a good idea. He was like. Um, and so to this day, it's hysterical that it got cut because I was like, yeah, Nick didn't want to be part of this song. <laughs> so the next day I took it in to my friend Anna and I was like, I have this idea. It's a, really about Nick and I, because we started getting to know each other about drinking probably very cheap wine and just chatting. And, and as we were writing the song, I loved it. But I mean, honest, honestly, almost as soon as we finished it, I was like, man, I would love to play this for Carly Pierce. Because I knew that I was actually going out on the road to write with her in the next couple of weeks. So I was like, okay, when I'm out there, I'm going to try to get her to listen to this song. Yeah. It just is so part of her story right. and very in her personality. We're wine girlies. That's yep. all we do is drink wine together. Sometimes tequila, mainly wine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, so it was just cool how that kind of played out and came to be. I mean, so we wrote together, her and I. Um, on her bus for a weekend and her, me and another friend of ours, Ben West wrote a bunch of really cool songs. And I was about to fly out that last afternoon. And that was when I was like, Hey, just before I leave, I just want to play you a couple songs that like, I don't know that I think maybe you'd like, or they seem like in your wheelhouse. And she was like, absolutely. And I played her like three. And when I played her lightning in the bot lightning in a bottle, she literally just whipped around to me. and was like, Oh my gosh, send me that right now. By the time I got on my flight and my plane had landed, <laughs> I can totally see her. You know like, her. Yes. She gets so excited yeah. about things. So by the time my plane had landed where I was going, she was like, All right, this song's officially on hold with me. Thanks. And I was like, <laughs> Perfect. And so this was like really early on. I'm trying to think if that was my first real like major label outside cut but i think it was i think russell was my first one okay russell dickerson i got one on his a song called would you love me on his debut album and i'm thinking that might have been the first one yeah and then i ended up with you know cuts on daniel bradbury and ray lynn and a couple other really incredible yeah. artists um but the carly one's always fun um for a couple reasons a it was a two-way between two female writers i had it demoed by a female track girl producer and cut by another female which i think is just a really cool story for yeah. nashville and um just that it went all the way through to ending up on a record was just awesome yeah i think that's a good segue because i wanted to touch on um you know you are a phenomenal writer obviously and you've got these great cuts that you've Right. Got with outside right. artists, but your main focus is you as Artistry. an artist. That's right. And um, Leslie and oh, just everybody yes. over at CMT, like just um, when when you were named Next Woman of Country, yeah. like how was that for you? Oh my gosh. That it was just such a special moment for me because I can remember my first ever CMT Next Woman of Country event that I attended. Um, I remember Kelsey was playing Kelsey Ballerina. Mm, yeah. This is before her and I like knew each other or whatever. And we're friends, but she was playing and it was like, I think maybe her record had just come out. I mean, like just come out. And I just was like, dude, if I can get into that group of women, if I can get on that stage and be one of those girls up there singing, I will really feel like I have a seat at the table. Yeah. And so obviously when that happened, I think my class was 
2018. And then I got to go on the CMT Next Women to Country tour in 2019. And that was incredible. Not to mention the whole like face on the side of the bus thing was pretty epic. <laughs> like yeah. that is so 90s. It's just like, oh, it was giving me life. And that was just so much fun. We just had an absolute blast on that tour. And it was really going on the CMT Next Women tour was really my first time exploring certain markets that I just, you know, I had gone on tour with Russell up to that point, but that was really it as far as like a tour. Yeah. And the CMT Next Women tour was like 11 or 12 dates. So it was like a real bona fide, like a whole thing. And I remember thinking, Boston, who listens to country music in Boston? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I get up there and they are rabid. They are like so excited. They're in line all day to come to this show. And I was like, okay, I have totally underestimated country music fans. Like, I just didn't know. I'm south of the Mason-Dixon line. I just didn't know. Yeah. You know? And so it was just really incredible to just finally get to explore the country and the country music fans. Well, and then you went out after with, you've been out with Carly, Mm -hmm. uh, Gavin DeGraw, Brett Young. Yeah. Like, so what, what are like, um, what are some good road stories? Don't, Uh, don't hold back. Well, for me, the most important thing for me always on the road is eating. It is like, I let's go. Like, I don't know what its iteration will be eventually, but I'm either going to have some like show where you go to all the restaurants I go to, or I'm going to have a book of all the restaurants I've been to. Like, I don't know. I don't know yet what we're doing, but like, I'm so passionate about food and drink. That is like, and cooking. Yes, exactly. Like all things, food, wine, cooking, it's just like my passion. So when I'm out on the road, I love I'm I love almost the challenge of like take me to some random city, Colorado Springs, right? That you're like, okay, what's in Colorado Springs? Lots of really cool dive bars, but like what else is there? Yeah. You know, and I found this really cool like farm to table spot and they served all these like Colorado wines. Who knew they were making wine in Colorado? Not me. And like we meet this bartender and like We end up doing this like wine tasting just kind of because she's like, oh, you are having fun here. I'm having fun here. It's like literally 1 p.m. And it's me, Nick and (laughs) my tour manager, Brian. And this girl's just like pouring us wines. And and it's just so much fun because you have the option when you're going out on the road of going out, landing, going to your hotel, taking a nap, not exploring or experiencing any of these cities because it is a really tiring job don't get me wrong but it actually like gives me life to like get to know the city whether it's a coffee shop or a restaurant or a bar just trying to explore and experience all these places that i get the opportunity to go that either not everybody will get to go or if someone does get to go there they can be like oh my gosh we tried this place that you suggested and we loved it yeah um and i would say that's really fun i mean obviously when we're talking about war stories, specifically when I get to go out with Carly, it's like a cheat code. You know, we hang out in real life. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, we can just hang on her bus and drink wine and discuss all of the things. And that's always a blast. I mean, and then there's funny stories about like there was an artist that I went out with and I won't say who. Um, And they were like, um, they were a legacy act. We're going to call it that. 
And they like put up, I don't think so. And they put up like barriers. Like you couldn't be in the hall if they were in the hall. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that. And I literally was like, whoa, that's hardcore. Wow. (laughs) And then I have people like the incredible Martina McBride that I got to go out on the road with. And like she is who I grew up singing. Like she's like the first contemporary, if you will, CD that I ever owned was Martina. And so getting to go out on the road with her and then when she was like, you and your mom should come hang with me on the bus afterwards. I literally was like, don't cry. Don't freak out. Don't like, you know, (laughs) because I just was like 11 year old me would never believe that. Like, it's just the craziest thing. I mean, I remember the first time I sang a song in a contest ever that was like country music was Martina and I literally like wore the outfit that she wore on her album cover. Shut like I was up. like, That's I awesome. need the red pants, like leather pants. I need the black top. Like I just wanted to be her so bad. So that's just, I've gotten to experience so many like full circle moments like that. It's yeah. just been just little God nods, you know, yeah. of him just kind of going, oh, yep, you're on the right path. I think what's awesome is those, mm-hmm. those artists that we grow up listening mm-hmm. to and just loving. Ugh. Like it's a full circle moment for you, yeah. But also like the full circle moment for them, yes. where they're like they're not doing this, yeah, m- much anymore. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're like looking at you, yeah. going, "Oh my gosh!" Like I inspired this girl yeah. to do this. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine and agree with that that sentiment that like she has to be going. This is kind of awesome. Yeah, you know, like I literally changed this girl's world just by making music and making her think she could do it yeah and that's like and that's constantly my vision my goal my mission statement if you will is to just meet people in their space and go why not you yeah you know and i mean you've done it like i mean how many how many little girls at 11 years old were probably standing on the coffee table with a hairbrush in their hand just belting out Right. songs to whatever that's right and now uh you know now you've done it so. it's crazy i yeah. know sometimes when i think about it i think it's easy in our position and in this business as artists to kind of always be looking ahead which is fantastic that's how we have had success but i think sometimes it's really important to step back and go what would 11 year old me think of this what would 17 year old me think of this what would even 23 year old me think of the fact that I have my first record out with a major label and have had songs played on the radio. And like, I I just think sometimes we get so in our motion of what we're doing that we're like, okay, but I haven't gotten this yet or I haven't done that yet that we forget. Like we've actually done a lot that we set out to do and some. Yeah. Just take back and uh, like, let it soak in. Right, like, yeah. right. Like when you started the listening room, did would, you? Would never you have know? dreamed. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just, it's so cool. I think it's important for us to kind of like stop sometimes and go, okay, we've, we've really, we've made it, if you will, the yeah. proverbial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of, uh, yes. you just uh, maybe a month, month and a half ago, mm-hmm. January 12th. Yes. That girl, full album. We have, uh, again, I mean, it's just, I'm, the, uh, it's it's an honor to call you a friend. We've oh. known each other for a long time. We've heard all these songs um, played here. 
right for a long time oh yeah the listening room is kind of like my test my testing grounds yeah, yeah, you know what i yeah. mean that's how i gauge like do people like this or not and i mean ge- i'm not even kidding when I, like genuinely how people react here the first second third times i'm playing these songs like impacts whether they made the record or not because there were songs that maybe i loved and i'm like oh it just didn't land with people did it okay interesting And especially here, like, yes, out on the road, that's important as well. But here it's the listening room. It's people paying attention to the music. So when people are paying attention, does it resonate? Yeah. Does it hit people? Do they feel it? What are the ones people post after the show and say, man, I can't wait till this one comes out? Yeah. You know, and it's something that's special about this place and having this as a platform to test new songs. But, you know, even... You know, on release day, it was so sweet because there were videos that people were posting. And I think one of them was from like 2018. Wow. Of Somebody Else, which is a song that Nick and I, my husband and I wrote together. And um, it was just so funny because it was like the girl was like, I saw you play this at the listening room and I've kept this video the whole time just waiting for this song to come out. And I was like, Oh, gosh. Like, first of all, fan points, like a million fan points to that girl. But also, like, just the fact that this place provides that space and and that people have been that excited about my music for that long. I mean, having it out in the world is just a feeling I literally can't even describe. Yeah, I want to dive into just that album. I mean... um, Home and Hometown, Us, Wine Country, Country Can, yeah. like all these songs that we've been hearing for a long time. Right. Like how, what was the process for you of putting putting that together? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, even to the point of like the order of yes. the songs and um, and then leading up to January 12th. Yeah. And like, you know. Absolutely. The- you know, so um, as the songs kind of, some of the songs had come out previously. And once we decided we wanted to do a full record, I was like, I want to make sure that people, when when the last song plays, when the record's over, they step away and they're like, I know that girl. I know her. Mm. Um, that girl, pun intended. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, I was like, I want people to walk away from this and know me and not like if, feel the feeling that I felt the first time I went to a Taylor Swift concert, mm. which is I was leaving the stadium or whatever it was she was playing at at the time. And I genuinely thought in my heart, if I met her, we'd be friends because I felt like I really knew her. I felt like I really knew that girl and not only knew her, but I was like, oh, we're like kind of alike. And like, I think that we all are in some degree. And so it was really important to me to choose songs that not only were well-written and songs that I love, but songs that described me that that kind of show different sides of me because I think that people relate to that more than any of us realize. I feel like when you first move to town, you try to write songs that you think people will relate to. That's the goal, right? I want to be relatable. But then you realize if you just write about things you've lived and experienced, you're relatable. And so I wanted to put songs on there that were honest and real and true to me. And it's been amazing to hear people go, oh, my gosh, this is my song or that's my song. And and to really resonate with it. And 
And again, like I said, walk away going, I feel like I know this girl. But, you know, you asked about the order as well. And uh, that was really important to me. Yeah. Because I'm a 90s baby. And I believe in records. I still believe in hitting play on the first song and listening straight down. Yeah. You know, that's what we came up on. You didn't skip songs. You didn't jump around and say, oh, that's an interesting title. Oh, that's you just put it in your CD player and you just let it play. And I wanted that same feeling with my record. I, I jokingly, you know, said to Nick, I was like, no skips. I don't want any skips. And that's the songs. But that's also the way the songs flow. I want it to. The whole story. like a story. Yeah. And, you know, even when we cut the song Too Much and Not Enough, it's the last song on the record, I knew I wanted it to be the last song. And I kind of jokingly say, if you've listened to 12 other songs getting to know me, you deserve to know all of me. And, and you know, some people thought it was an interesting choice to end with such a vulnerable song yeah. instead of like, and fun times, because that is such a huge part of my personality is good times yeah. and yeah. having fun and being cheeky and lighthearted. But I was like, yeah, but a, a piece of my heart that I always want to make sure that people know when they leave is that like, I am vulnerable. I am honest. I am just like you. And leaving with that song just felt like the right way to not only finish that project, but segue into whatever's next. Yeah. So good. Do you have a favorite song on that album? I feel like it's like anything else. It changes. Sure. You know, I feel like that sometimes I'll, I'll listen through and I'm like, Oh, replaceable is the one. Replaceable is the one because it's like sassy and it's very me making sure that you know that I think I'm it, you know. <laughs> and then sometimes it'll be too much not enough because that's where I'm at in the moment. Yeah. And it's nice to rehear that and remind myself who I am could be enough if I let it, you know. Yeah. Um, or somebody else because I think it's a kind of different take on a love song. So, yeah, I think it's always changing, always evolving. In the summer, it'll probably be one of these days because it's what I like to call boat music. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. just putting drinks up and hanging with your friends. So With your pinky up. That's right. With your pinky up. It is required. Yes. It's fine. I love it. Yeah. No, I'm excited about the whole record and just for people to continue to dive into it. It's so good. And I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm so proud of you. I mean, just like. Um, I think your vulnerability, vulnerability is such a hard (laughs) word, um, through, you know, through that whole thing is like, I mean, uh, it is so raw and so true. Mm. And like, lyrically, it's not, it's not just another song. They're well-written, but it is like, that's what I loved about the whole album is it's like, I can see you. It's not like, you're not cutting a song about, um, uh, liking designer stuff, right. but sitting shotgun in a truck right. and being on the back roads right. when that's not you. That's like right. that is totally you. That's right. Exactly. You know? And it's like, um, that's what I loved about it is like, it's, it's just so real. Well, and I appreciate that because I love hearing from people that do know me that have known me for years and going, Oh my gosh, that was the most Hannah thing. Yeah. I'm like, yes, that's what I want because you know, good songs are Amazing. Yeah, you should release your best songs. But at the same time, I mean, we were just listening to new music the other day and talking about like, because you can't help it. You're like, what's next? But, you know, and as we were going through songs, it was like, man, I love this song. And then it was like, but Nick and I were kind of listening and he's like, yeah, but it's just like not 
your truth? I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. the song is so cool. He's like, but I can literally just hear it in your voice when it doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, what a truth. And like, yeah. you know what? That has always kind of been something about me is I, I always say like, I'll die on the hill of authenticity. That's me as a person and that's yeah. me as an artist as well. And I think I've now set myself up in a good way that people won't accept anything less from me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Than my truth. Yeah. So. So good. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by All Clear Audio. All Clear Audio is a custom and universal in-ear monitor company based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with a storefront right here in Nashville, Tennessee, where we film the Stories Behind the Songs podcast. All Clear strives to not only be the leading provider of high-quality custom and universal fit in-ear monitors, but also leads the way in customer service and care. With custom starting at dual driver all the way to 13 drivers, there's something for everyone. Head over to allclair.com, that's A-L-C-L-A-I-R.com, and use our code SBTSONGS to receive 10% off. Thank you for the sponsorship. We love you guys at All Clear, and we hope that everyone out there listening takes advantage of this and enjoys them as well. Uh, I can't wait to see, um, you know, how it's just going to keep going and mm -hmm. uh the tours that are coming and all that just amazing stuff yes except the only bad thing is that it takes you out on the road i know all the time <laughs> and we don't get to hang as that's much right, like that's right i like seeing you here on this stage I all know. dressed up playing like an amazing show and then meeting all of us mm -hmm. on a sunday morning to tailgate that's our right. butts off at that's the titans right. we got to tailgate but, for the titans yeah, always okay yeah. <laughs> Except, of course, that is over for a while with oh, this new stadium. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's We're going to have to figure out a different parking lot that's or a different right. place to hey, go. But the good thing is you can have a parking lot party in any parking that's lot. That's you know? correct. Yes. And we're closed on Sunday, so maybe it so just maybe, moves here. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll we move a party. Out. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. I We have to touch on this because um, it's such a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Where were you? When you got invited to play the Opry oh my for gosh. the first time. I was in my car driving like literally the 440 split and I got the phone call from my um, from my mark head of marketing over at Curb Records. And he was like, are you ready for this? I was like, I don't know. Am I ready for this? And he's like, I have something to tell you. I just want to make sure you're sitting down. And they told me that I was going to get to debut at the Opry and I literally... I was like squalling, you know, calling my parents, mark the date, cancel anything else yeah. you have. <laughs> and, you know, what was so funny is I consider myself to be a professional, like truly a professional. Yeah. I have saying in some very interesting settings and I always keep it 100. I can get through the saddest songs without crying. I just I know how to do it. And man, when I stepped into that circle the lump in my throat and like I couldn't look at anyone in the crowd that I knew at all not my friends family label I was just like oh my gosh I'm not gonna make it and I just it was an overwhelming truly mm. overwhelming feeling of like I am singing at the Opry what and so literally between songs because you got two songs on your debut between songs I literally said excuse me for a second if I don't let the tears out then I'm not going to make it through the next song. So I literally like cried for a second, 
got it together and then was able to do the other song. <laughs> but like truly, I was just, I like knew I'd be emotional, but I was surprised by how not together I was keeping it. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, we're going to, oh, we're doing this. Okay, got it. But I mean, honestly, just such an insanely special time. Yeah. I mean, for everybody out there listening, if you don't understand, I mean, the you cannot play the Opry unless yeah. you're invited. That's and right. You have to be somebody. That's right. Like, it's like, you know, it's not like open mic night no, or something. Right. Like, like, it's they like, invite you because you've magical. done something that they are like, oh, no, okay, this girl's going to be in this family. Yeah. She's going to be in this country music. And family. it truly is a family. I oh, mean, it's yeah. like, and that's why it's so magical, like uh, to walk in to the middle of that circle oh, yeah. and like spotlights on you. Absolutely. Like just, and like, it's funny because I've done it now, I think eight times. Eight, yeah. And I keep waiting for like the shine to wear off. You know what I mean? Or you start going, oh, okay, it's opera. Cool. And every time when I'm standing side stage, I've got my little mic. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like gassing myself up to go out there, you know? And I feel like it's just, uh, it's just what an experience every time. I don't think it ever, that's, that's the coolness about what that place yeah. is. It's like it never, this was, um, gosh, probably nine years ago, yeah. something like that, that I was backstage with Charlie Daniels. Oh, wow. Um, God rest his soul. Uh, and he he was just um, number one, so welcoming, yeah, and like not like I'm Charlie Daniels. Right, this is yeah. my room. Don't yeah. walk into it. It was like you know we were hanging out, and like he was just so nice. But to hear him at that at that point, like eight or nine years ago, just talking about so awesome. how he how much he loves to be in that building, yeah. You know, it was just, just like something special about it. You yeah. know, there really is just something so special about the Opry and what it means to country music. And, you know, there was a documentary that came out a couple of years ago by Ken Burns that was just mm -hmm. called Country Music. Yeah. And, and when you watch that and you really see how important the Opry, the Grand Ole Opry was to, I mean, honestly, creating country music, making yeah. it a genre at all, then you go, Oh, like I thought I understood the significance and I like did not even yeah. understand and I thought I did, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's just awesome and those people there are so kind and yeah, there's just something cool about backstage and the energy with everyone, like everyone's just walking around, chatting, stopping in each other's rooms. I mean, it really is such a unique experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay, another pretty uh pretty epic place to play. Yes. Is London. Oh, yes. Um you are leaving in like a week. Yeah. To go to C to C. So we're actually doing C to C Germany first. Okay. Then going to London. Okay. So like busy busy bees yeah. over here. So we're doing like I guess it'll be like 5 or 6 days in Germany and we we start in Berlin, we do their C to C. Then I have a show in Cologne. And then Munich. And then we fly from Munich to London and do C to C London. And I'm like, oh, I cannot wait. I love, first of all, the international fans are so incredible. I love them so much. Um, and it's fun because I've actually had people that have been like, oh, I'll come to Germany for like a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, 
wait, I'm really coming. I'm going to be there. Like, let's go, you know? Um, but the fans over there are, are incredible. And, you know, sometimes I have to, again, take a step back and go, I am playing songs I wrote in other countries. Like, that's pretty wild to think about. And they'll be singing them back to hey, you. Oh, like, and they, they do. They know the songs. Oh, like my favorite thing. They're they're so crazy. They're crazy. In the best way, they're crazy. Are like, they will message me weeks before. Hey, will you play this song? <clears throat> and it's like a deep cut. It's like way, like 10 years old songs. Yeah. Like, how do you even know that song? Yeah. You know? And it's just, oh, it makes me so happy um, to just get to spend time with those fans. And also... You know, I love to travel. I'm so passionate about it. And getting to do what I love and do what I love is uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. You, um, like, we talked about this earlier about when you're out on the road, like, you're not going to just sit still. You get out there and yeah. do that. Um, you know, the uh, one of the things that we kind of, like, just brushed over, uh-huh. but I think, I think it kind of started during COVID, maybe a little bit, like, when you were yeah. home a lot more, but... You just started going live on Instagram yeah, and just, you know, like cooking with Hannah. Right. And, like, and, and, and it's like so fun because it's constantly evolved. You know, at first I did through through the COVID times, I was like making meals live, yeah. which was so much fun. Like I just had a blast doing that. Um, but now I do these things about once a month called Wine Down Wednesday. Um, kind of a riff off of my wine country song, but also because I know so many people in that community and I think that... There is this like marriage or overlapping of country music and wine lovers that kind of doesn't get any credit or attention. But I'm like, we come here and half the people in here are drinking wine and they love country music. And I think sometimes people get really caught up on what they think something's supposed to be. I actually had an article come out the other day in Food and Wine magazine which is crazy to say. Wow. That's like a yeah. huge accomplishment for me. Um, but the but the write-up was kind of like he, as a wine-drinking New Yorker, was like, I had negative predispositions against country music, and that was on me. And there's people that have negative predispositions against wine. Oh, it's pretentious. And he's like, and I think that once I then I heard country music I loved and that resonated with my life. And I was like, wait, OK, 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 maybe I was wrong. And he said, and I think there's something to be said for, you know, those two things actually blending together. And I think a person like me can kind of put a foot in both lanes because, yeah, yeah I yeah. am going to have a bougie dinner with my husband every once in a while and drink a nice cab. But also I'm going to take a cheap white wine out on the boat with my dad in a solo cup and yeah. we're going to fish all day and I'm going to be drinking my cute little white haven while he's drinking his bush lights okay yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to be able to do both yeah. you know so i think it's just been really fun to kind of go on that journey and doing the lives and kind of getting my country music family acclimated with some of these people in other worlds because you know what we have learned through our wine journey Nick and I is they're farmers, man. Yep. When we go and hang out with these people at these gorgeous wineries in Napa Valley, once all of the pomp and circumstance is gone, they're like, hey, you guys want to jump on the four-wheelers and we'll take you out? We have to go across the creek to get there, but we want to show you some of these vineyards up at the top of the hill. And it's like, yeah, like, we do. Oh, 
cool. Like you guys just do what we do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but um, also, yes. <laughs> who is, oh man, mm-hmm. we'll give them a shout out. Uh, love. Uh, what is the bottle? Uh, Emma Lilly. Yes. Is that what Emma, you're thinking yes, of? Oh, yes. yes. Our yeah, friends, I the, met the them Petersons. through you guys. Their wine is they're phenomenal. They're so amazing. Yeah. yeah again, yeah. country music fans to yeah. the max. You this know? is turning into a wine podcast know, instead sorry, of a music podcast. But of Hannah Ellis. Yeah. Um, no, so cool. Um, well, I, I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. I love hearing your stories. And, um, before we wrap it up, uh, you kind of like started to go there earlier yeah. where like 11 year old Hannah would have uh, had like freaked out about Martina. Oh, yeah. But uh, last question that yes. I always end with. Oh, I love um, it. If you go back to Kentucky mm-hmm. to eight year old you mm. and now you have been on the road, you're doing it. You just put your album out, all of this. Crazy. What advice do you give eight year old Hannah today? Man, <clears throat> I think I could have saved her a lot of heartache if I had just been able to convince younger me to stay on my path. Mm. I think I might have wasted a bit of time in my teens and 20s trying to be either someone else, something that was working, if you will, in the industry, or what I thought people wanted me to be. And I feel like I spent time writing that way, dressing that way, cutting songs that way. Um, And then when I finally was like, this is just what I like. This is what I like to do. This is how I like to dress. This is the kind of artist I think I am. It was like, ah. Mm. And like everything just kind of fell, you know, fell into place. And I think that if I could tell eight-year-old, 11-year-old, 16-year-old me anything, it would be your path, baby. You got to stay on your path. Put the blinders on. Do not be distracted by what you think you need to do or what you think other people want from you. All anybody wants from you is to be yourself. There's only one you. Yeah. You know, that would be that would be the the most advice that I would probably give younger me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you did that on your album. That is it's true to who you are, oh, like we said you. earlier. So everybody out there listening, make sure that you check out the liner notes so that you can Get all the links to follow Hannah. Make sure yes. that you go get the album, this that girl. Uh, and and listen, stream it, all of that. That's great. But do Hannah a favor and go to Apple Music or iTunes or yes. anything and click the buy button. Oh my gosh, my purchase guy. purchase the music, guys. Yeah. Come on. You can even go to my website if you're a CD listener and get it there. And in a very short amount of days, actually, we will have it available on vinyl. Oh, so now yeah. we're really talking. <laughs> I have to get. I have to get one of those. I didn't yeah, know that was coming. That's I know, great. I know. Yes, I'm very and, excited. You know, make uh make a a little note in your calendar because one of the coolest shows that we do. There's not a lot of shows that we do the same every single year, but right. yours is one of them. Yes. So every year around Christmas, Hannah takes over the stage and she decorates it That's and so she fun. brings all of her friends and. It's always an amazing show. So oh, it's one of my favorite things every year. I can't wait. And we we try to change up the artists every year, which I jokingly was like, wait, it's getting harder and harder. I'm starting to run <laughs> yeah. out of friends if I do it different every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's always it a good time. So much fun. I love yeah. that show. Yeah. 
Well, thank you guys so much for listening. It's been another episode of Stories Beyond the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair, and you've been listening to Hannah Ellis. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. Make sure to give us a follow on Spotify if you enjoyed this episode and make sure you click that notification button so you can keep notified when new episodes come out. We release brand new episodes every Tuesday and you can find us on YouTube at Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to send us a comment letting us know what you thought of the episodes. We love getting your feedback and share this with your friends. The more we grow, the more that we can keep doing this. It's our mission to bring you all of these great stories behind the songs from some of Nashville's most iconic artists and songwriters, publishers, producers, everyone in between, and a lot of my great friends. We love what we do and we love sharing their stories with you. We appreciate all of the continued support. Thanks also to all of our sponsors and we will see you all next week.